0: This is Camp Hacker. Come find our show notes and our blog for camp directors and leaders at camphacker.tv.
1: Good day and welcome to our podcast. This is Camp Hacker, episode 62, recorded on the 15th of January, 2014. Today's topic, Building Great Relationships with Alumni. If you would like easy, automatic, free updates of our podcast, you can subscribe in iTunes, the BlackBerry Podcast Directory, or the Stitcher app. Search for Camp Hacker. This week's Camp Hacker Podcast is sponsored in part by the Camp Owners and Directors Association. You provide quality camp experiences for children, helping them grow and gain independence. We help you achieve your vision. Check us out at CampOwnersAndDirectors.com And by the amazing support of camp pros like you. We'd like to take a moment to thank our listeners who have become patrons of Camp Hacker. If you would like to show your support and earn some cool rewards, go to p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash Today, we want to thank you, our, our patrons. We can't do this without your support. We hope you enjoy the Camp Hacker Show. Hello Camp Pros and welcome to the Camp Hacker Podcast. My name is Travis Allison. I run a blog about running a great summer camp at camphacker.tv.
2: And my name is Gabrielle Rail and I'm one of the directors at Camp Waro. Uh, Camp Waro is an all-girls camp situated in the Laurentians in Quebec and I'm calling from Montreal.
3: My name's Joe Richards. I'm the Executive Director at Pierce Williams Christian Centre, which is a United Church of Canada summer camp and retreat facility located about halfway between Toronto and Detroit.
4: I'm Rebecca Jess, or at Camp They Call Me Palais, and I'm one of the co-executive directors of the Cairn family of camps. We're a set of four camps owned and operated by the Presbyterian Church in Canada. Um, We have um, a site in Baysville and Muskoka, uh, two sites actually in Baysville and Muskoka, uh, one up in Kirkland Lake and one that runs out of another site in uh, the Muskoka region.
1: Great Hi to my have name you back.
0: Is Teresa McDonald Lee. I'm one of the directors at Camp Kintale, a Presbyterian church camp uh, located on the shores of Lake Huron just north of Godridge, Ontario, uh, which is about three hours north of Detroit and three hours west of Toronto
1: and teresa it's very it was very snowy at camp. I saw the photos.
0: It was super snowy. The highway to camp was shut down for about five days
1: <laughs> oh well, Teresa and Rebecca it's great to have you back both back on the show i'm sorry it's been so long, but i I really appreciate you being on today. so thank you No
4: problem.
1: thanks uh, today we're going to be talking about building relationship with with alumni and we've talked about it before, but it 's been quite a while, and so I thought we'd um do a little bit, uh, a bit more. Talk about it and bring on some some other guests to talk about how the alumni, how their association between the camp and the alumni work. And I, I think it's an important topic because um, people who've been at camp as a camper or a staff person. Um, the Their memories of camp fade over time, and if there's a way to keep them connected and keep them keep the feeling alive of of what they get out of camp, then um they can turn into some of your your best supporters and There are camps that have a very specific program set up to you know improve their relationships with uh alumni um and there, there's not so I wanted to, to give those people listening a chance to get some ideas from all of these people here today. Um, so, Gab, what's it like for your um, relationship with the the women who were alumni at Worrell?
2: Um I think uh, for us, we when we purchased the camp, uh, already our alumni was uh, sort of a a week representation. They would come for our five year um, anniversary, so every five years we'd host an anniversary, and it was sort of a a weekend up at camp and. Uh, big celebration. And um, I think it, with anything, when you when you start a company or you uh, inherit a company, you inherit sort of um, the culture that comes with it. And I think since that point and now we've taken a different approach to our alumni. So one of the things that we've done is, is um, open up a camp for alumni to come and mentor for a week or two weeks. Um, but they have to go through training and they have to apply and they need to go through this little bit of a process. But instead of sort of searching out for people, um people are searching us out and they're saying, oh, this is a great opportunity to contribute to camp. And then we've also encouraged alumni to start um hosting uh gatherings uh in their homes and as much as possible Jackie and I try to uh make appearances. Um and so there's one this weekend in, in Montreal which is actually going to be a really, really big one, but we have nothing to do with it. Uh, we literally just go and, and um, you know, have some good food and drink some nice wine and um, chit-chat mm-hmm. with people. So instead of us putting in a lot of energy into trying to gather our alumni, which seemed to, it just, it felt like a little bit like pulling teeth, we went the other way and just sort of said, uh, here we are, if you, if you want to connect with us, that's great. If you want to host something, that's great. Um, and that has really helped our alumni base, uh, grow a lot more, so we sort of switched our, a little bit our 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 route, and now we're seeing a lot more um, connection uh, with camp from our past staff and campers.
1: Nice, that's great. And is there a specific way you communicate with them, Gab? Is there some?
2: We have a Facebook tool. Uh, yeah, we have a Facebook group, um, but most of them like prefer to be on our, our camp Facebook group. Um, so what we've done is we've actually shifted this Facebook group to, from our staff one and invited all of our alumni onto that. And that becomes where the adult discussion area and the remember whens and all, you know, those type of things. So, um, our Facebook group has been, is now shifting and that's actually kind of cool to see. And besides that, our women's weekends that we have, we, we do newsletters and, uh, invite are all of our alumni to our women's weekends and that's where a place where people come and, and um you know get together. But besides that there's not there's nothing much more that we do is it's actually very bare bones and we don't put too much energy into it. Um and it's developed into a sort of a nice relationship.
1: Oh that's great that it's taken yeah. off.
2: Yeah.
1: Um Rebecca what happens at Karen?
4: Um we actually have been working on building our alumni relationships within the last I guess 4 years or so. Um since I came on as director in 2010, we started a, an alumni committee. And our committee is, is mostly made up of alumni who were at camp in the early 2000s. Um so we're we're working on that. We're getting we have a, a couple people who were there earlier than that now involved. Um but our committee has, although they've been a bit slow to really take off, they, they're they at the point where they've taken off now, um, and they're doing some really uh, awesome things. And so it's nice because uh, my co-director and I don't, i kind of like what Gabs was saying, we, we don't have to be as heavily involved. They're, um, they like to be hands-on, and they're hands-on uh, for short stints of time when they need to be to get events going or running, um, and then they still aren't being overworked at all as volunteers on a committee. Um, so uh, we do a couple of big things now. Uh, one is an alumni weekend at the end of September every year. Uh, we started that. Um, there was one in for our 75th anniversary, which was in 2004, five, 2005, 2005. <laughs> um, and um It it was very successful, and then we didn't do another one again until the 80th. And that one, uh, at that one, we decided we would make it an annual event. So uh, we have alumni and their families come up, uh, spend time at camp with us. Um, Our committee tried to do some events where we would meet in some central locations like Waterloo or Toronto. Um, And we got some alumni out to it, but not a huge amount. It was mostly just the committee members and our friends or family. Um, And so an idea came up um, actually from Beth, so Travis's wife, which is a great idea. Um, And we do a live streamed event now. So we call it Rock Talk Live. Our newsletter each month is called the Rock Talk newsletter. And uh, so Rock Talk Live is an hour-long Live stream show, so our alumni can tune in from wherever they are in the world, and we've had people tune in from from far away, from far and near. Uh, we also have a live studio audience, so we've had youth groups and alumni come and, and join us in that way. And then we just bring camp to you for an hour. Uh, so we do um, camp songs, we do interviews with alumni to talk about the cool things that they're doing now that they're not at camp and how their camp experience has um, formed. Uh, who they, they've become um, uh, and we have silly characters come on to the show and we also do a fundraiser so we raise money for our campership fund as well um, and so last year was the first time we did that and we're doing it again uh, this year in February and we also did one during our alumni weekend so we didn't do a big um actually yes we did we did do a fundraiser for that one as well um but we we basically just m- made rock talk live our evening campfire for the saturday night so that people could tune in again and see what we were doing so those are the two major things that our alumni committee have done and oversee and that are uh, very successful for us
1: and are they responsible? the committee responsible for getting new members themselves or do you help out with that
4: uh, we do help out with that, yes, um, and that is actually the part that I think we're the slowest at. Um, and our our committee has decided that they would like to start to make up some sort of a package that they can hand out, especially to our n- newest alumni, so the ones who have left camp last year, the year before, you know, within the last five years, maybe, uh, but whose friends still work at camp, so they kind of don't feel like they're alumni yet because they still have all these direct friendship connections, but but they are, they're, they're alumni. And we still want them to recognize and associate themselves with camp in that way. Um, and so our hope is to try and help our alumni committee be able to reach out to those people in particular.
1: Yeah, awesome. It, Teresa, what um, what sort of stuff do you do right now for at uh, Kintel? Uh,
0: one of the things that Rebecca said I think is interesting because um, When staff leave, they are alumni, but when campers leave, they're also alumni. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that's the trick in trying to figure out how to make an alumni event or any sort of event open to all sorts of alumni, whether they're staff alumni, camper alumni, came and volunteered um, and still feel like they're connected. We do not run any specific alumni events, but rather what we've focused on is creating um, events that anybody can come to and especially inviting our alumni. Uh, so, uh, we have a lot of alumni that come to our family camp that runs in the middle of the summer. I would say probably about half of the family camp are alumni, staff alumni specifically, who come back, um, and we, uh, host an event called an especially special night, which is a fundraising event, which is, um, mainly alumni, but also any friends and supporters of the camp are also invited to come, um, one of our most successful events, um, over the last few years is an event called Cake by the Lake. Um, And I stole this idea from a camp in Nova Scotia um, who did Tea by the Sea. And they started it um, inviting uh, folks from the local nursing home to come out to camp. And so uh, ours is for women of the church. We're a church camp. So uh, it's grown from about 100 women the first year we ran it to almost 300 women coming out to camp last year. Um, And these are not your typical alumni who would come to an event. These are 70, 80-year-old women coming on out, um, and it is one of the best days of the year um, because these women will tell stories about when the camp was founded in the in 1929 in the 30s, and what they use the buildings for. And the staff love having that intergenerational connection, and the women just love the whole day as well. Just getting to be up at camp and experiencing it, and they don't really even do any of the activities. Just being there is enough for them in lots of ways. Um, so. It, you know, it, it's not who you might think of as your typical alumni, but that event has been one of our most successful events.
1: And so you said, I'm sorry, you said 100 people to start. How many people are coming now?
0: 300 last year.
1: Right. Right.
0: And it's just a day. Like, it's just four or five hours at camp. Right. Is, great. It's a short event, but it's a huge amount of work to get ready for. But the um, rewards have went both ways because we were doing it as a thank you to the women for their supportive camp, and in the end, we've discovered it's our staff who get the most out of having those um, contacts with some of those earliest campers.
1: Right, right. And how do you communicate with those folks?
0: Um, because it's a church camp, it's through the sort of the church media network. Right. And I church would say media. to. Um, uh, like Gab was talking about, we have a Facebook group and we have a lot of alumni um, engaged in that. But um, because we're a church camp, I go out and I talk to a lot of churches about camp. And that is a way that we are able to connect um, with older alumni, especially as well, is when we go out to see them. And I think that's something that unique that church camps have is that ability to make those connections um, with alumni on their home base as well. Right. I hear amazing stories from alumni, and I also meet alumni from Glenmore and Iona and all sorts of other <laughs> camps and United Church camps that they're excited um, to still hear about camping.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, Joe, what happens now these days at, at Pierce Williams?
3: These days we're in a unique position where we've been doing a multi-million dollar fundraising campaign and so our alumni mailing list has really refined itself. We all believe that we have, uh, we we tend to believe that we have this big list of people but how many of those are moved, be they staff or campers, and, and um, doing this we've really refined that list down to, so we know when we send out the you know, thousand pieces of mail they're reaching a thousand families. Um, and so alumni base is is one of those things where we have a lot of it is church-based, as Teresa said, because we're a United Church camp, um, and a lot of it tends to be staff. So our family camp, we actually call our, our family and alumni camp weekend, um, which encourages alumni who don't have kids to come back. Um, but those tend to be a lot of staff members as well. Um, and it is the majority, I would think that um, there's probably about... Half, at least half of our family campers um, are alumni and we're on staff. We try and reach out to campers who are um, who are not returning and and but it's it's difficult as, as to how you make those alumni per se because a lot of alumni events tend to be when when they're ran by an alumni group, they tend to be held at bars or held here or there. It's the fun days and things that we invite all of our campers to, um, you know, be it a, a toboggan day over the holidays, or or some other fun day that we have, um, we don't have a per se alumni group that is um, that is self managed, and we don't do a lot to to push it. Um, and it's one. This is historically when I was at um, the Taylor Staten campus. It's one of the things I learned there, which is, it needs to be alumni for an alumni association to run effectively. It needs to be self managed by them. They can't fall back onto the office of of camp because um, the office of camp, it's sort of this twofold thing where um, the value, if you're a private camp especially, money comes from campers paying to come to camp. Millions of dollars comes from campers paying to come to camp. So how much time are you going to dedicate to alumni at a private camp? from a, a non-profit standpoint there's there's money in alumni right there's there's people who have had this connection with camp um, and then can come out and uh... and and feel that connection in some other way so we hold thursday night campfires where that's our visiting night so previous staff members who want to come to camp and experience something during the summer, it's Thursday night. It used to be when I arrived, they would just ask if they could come any night. And I was like, nope, Thursday night campfires is it. But Thursday night campfires is also the night where um, where we'll bring potential donors out uh, and partners, people we want to partner with and people we want to, to see and re-experience that, that level of camp. And and um, getting alumni, so we started in 1960, 1961, um, getting alumni who are still alive, who helped start the camp, is important to us so that we can have their stories, um, but it's also, you never know when some connection is going to get you a, a huge donation for the work that you're currently doing. So our major donor from last summer was, sat on our board in like 1971, 1972, and um, we connected to him through another alumni who was recently staffed, and he... Decided that we would be the place for him to give his um, his major donation, and and that's and, and, and those things you can't underplay um, in that relationship building game. So we, I tend to think that as I as I stay longer at Pierce Williams, the alumni will be a different when a person comes to camp and it's not the camp you grew up at. There tends to be people who are, uh, hurt, um, challenged, and. And I, the longer I stay, the more those people are coming back on board to say, hey, what you've done is great. Um, and now I have staff members who uh, who were staff in, you know, 2005, 2006, who are now, they have kids old enough to come to camp, um, which is great. And that's how you build, that's how we're going to build our alumni bases, to just keep going with that consistency and keep getting those, uh, uh, the previous staff members back on board by making sure camp is amazing. And that's all that, you know, as someone who grew up at camp, that's all I want camp to be. When kids go to the camp I grew up at, I want it to be amazing. And if it's not, it hurts my heart a little. But um, if I can do that for people here, then then that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Joe, do you have plans to develop that? Um I mean, obviously, you've thought about it very specifically when you're thinking about the fundraising project, but what happens after the fundraising project?
3: I think that um, I think that our I think yes, we do have plans. um I'm reading a book which I'll talk about in my tool of the week. Uh, the relationship you build is the important thing, and I think that as we Um, as Pierce Williams, as we grow, so we hired a full-time summer camp director for the first time, -time full-time year-round last September, and so as she takes on more responsibility and allows uh, me to delve deeper into other things, and after the fundraising component is done, there's a group of dedicated people who can very easily just switch into an alumni group, right, and managing those previous campers and previous staff, and and I think the trick is making sure we don't burn them out with our fundraising um and and leave that that little morsel of yeah, let's keep getting people because ideally fundraising never stops, right? We all need money to run camp, we all need money to do new things, and how awesome would it be i have this i i wrote a I wrote a sort of manifesto years ago, um uh, not the camp counselors manifesto, but like a a choice on uh how to affect change at camp. And this was in 2007 after we'd had a, a difficult year. And one of the things is a thousand campers, a thousand donors. And and my goal is to have a thousand people donating to us every month through uh preauthorized payments. Um, because, and, and that's where the alumni can really come in to say, and as a nonprofit that can hand out a charitable receipt, I think that's where the value lies is to say you, this was good for you. Let's make sure this is good for people years down the road. Um, and, and part of that balance, Travis, is making sure that you're well-managed, right, so that people trust you and trust the things you do. Because if, if you don't have that trust or that relationship, uh, nothing's going to work. Yep. Gab,
1: do you have something that is sort of in the plans? Like I know you've, you, you've got something that's working better now than before, but is there something you want to develop there?
2: I think um, what we started two years ago, which I, I'm really enjoying and I, I want to figure out how we can expand on it, is um, we have a mentorship pro- program in the first week of camp. And basically all of our um, um, veteran activity heads uh, come in for, for a week and mentor our other activity heads during, during camp, just during the activity time and they get to debrief with those staff members and go over you know how how the activity went and um I, you know I wish I wish during staff training what we could do is ideally have our staff for a couple of days and then bring in you know 25 kids and then the next day bring in 60 kids and then the next day bring in 90 or however so that um you know they, they can build on that experience of having having the campers but there's such a Disjointed experience from staff training, where there's no kids and it's a lot of information. Even though we we try to make it interactive, it's still all about absorbing information, and then applying it um, is uh, is a whole other experience. And and sometimes you need that other person to help reflect it. So that mentorship program has been growing, and we already have people that are calling us to say, you know, I you know, if you'd like me to come, I would love to help out with sailing and. Um, I would love for this to continue throughout the year, uh, not only for when people come up to camp, but maybe, uh, branch it out to, uh, job searches, um, different fields, uh, and also just, uh, I really, uh, would, there was that article that was, or a blog post that was posted, um, I think Travis, you, you linked, um, on Camp Hacker or tweeted about it, which was, um, um, a camp director in this, in the States that wrote about, um, you know, sort of a letter to parents, like, dear parents, you know, camp is a real job. And I'd really love to to connect with our alumni um, so that they can start on our website expressing how camp prepared them for their job, uh, you know, that they're in right now. Because that's all I hear from our alumni, is that there's no... They got their jobs, they're successful in life because of their camp experience. So it's not so much um, having big gatherings, it's not so much us... um, uh, fundraising, but it's more getting the the camp message out there, and them being able to um, influence our, some of our staff members, but also um, express you know what camp did for them. So that's sort of our our next our next goal that we're we're trying to achieve.
1: That's awesome, Rebecca. Do you have any? Are you doing any thinking about the future and how? Pardon me, how those alumni can speak on behalf of camp?
4: Yeah, um, we, um, well, this is funny because it relates to you. Um, so at our last alumni, uh, uh, weekend in September, um, Travis spoke uh, at what we called a Glenn Talk. So it was our version of TED Talk. Um, and he talked about how, um, we need to make camp, not dead. <laughs> um, it was, uh, maybe, maybe a little less sad than that sounds. But um, basically, it was, it was it was a great way. We, our theme for the weekend was to tell the stories. Uh, we wanted to emphasize that idea that we need to share our experiences about camp with other people, um, and uh, it worked really well. We had people speak. And tell little stories after each meal during the day. Um, we had our Glen talk because we're, we were our, our event is held at Glenmore Camp, one of our four camps. Um, so a Glen talk, and um, uh, asked people to commit to helping us out to spread the word and tell the stories at the end of that talk. And so we received um, a couple of written items from alumni um, and uh, just general interest in. Helping out, whether that's um, at camp directly or just in this sense of sort of like Gab's saying with mentorship, like reaching out and helping each other and making connections in that way, um, and making our alumni base stronger based on the fact that they can rely on each other not just at camp but outside of camp um, as well. And so we're we're still working with that. It's still in the early stages, but. Um, Yeah, that's, that's one of the things we're also, we have, um, a tradition at our camp where during our leadership training week, each evening, my co-director and I will read a letter from an alumnus. So an alumnus who's recently left camp. Uh, so they were there last summer, presumably, and aren't now this year. Um, and it's been a tradition for years now. And we also think it'd be cool to take, gather those letters and make them into some sort of book, um, book. To, to sell so that we can pass on those stories and those memories um, into the future and just so that we have them to reminisce with about our past as well because um, it's a really big part of our camp culture to hear those alumni letters. Um, and if only you
2: had, you know, amazing camp pictures to go with those, those alumni if only had this photographer. If, if only. <laughs> if only. I love that idea. I mean, Beth and Travis have been talking uh, for years about those letters, and I think it's—I uh, think it's such a great um, tradition that you guys have, and what a way to start building an alumni uh, base by introducing an alumni base to your staff members. You know, that's—I yeah. think for me that's an amazing link. Um, but I—we uh, have we have camp stories that we read every sunday that's based solely on camp and the events of camp and we made a book out of it um about uh, 15 years ago and it, it i'm all I'm saying is do it don't just do it it's a great idea and now and you also have amazing images um even just some of them if you want to just put a couple but uh, I say go for it that would be awesome i'll buy one and I'll write a good <laughs> <Wait>. review <laughs>
1: Thanks, Gabs. <laughs> yeah. What I like about that idea is that um, is that it starts to build the expectation that your camp career isn't over when you're done as a camper or when you're done as a um, as a staff person. That you're part of something bigger that goes on and on. Um, and I'm always it, it's in a lot of ways it's very important to maintain. Staff alumni very important, I think. Um, but I always wonder about ways to keep camper alumni going too, because you have lots of great camp people that just from financial reasons alone weren't able to keep coming back to campus staff, and and keeping them connected in those um, those feelings strong is is a good a good thing. So I, I always w- try to think of ways to do to build that expectation that you move on and become alumni, and you're still involved um, when they're quite young. Teresa, do you have um, plans for the future or, or things that you want to accomplish with your the relationships with your alumni? Uh,
0: well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of us do. Uh, and actually, it's interesting because Travis is an alumni of Camp Kintel as well, uh, where I serve. So uh, one of the things that we're, we've continued, we've been working on the last few years, is inviting alumni to come back um, keeping our doors open. Uh, So Travis comes and takes photos for us and we invite other staff to come back and they lead bullying workshops because we have a fellow who just finished his master's in education on bullying and um, trying to invite our alumni in to do various um, jobs that are necessary at camp, that they have an expertise. We had an alumni who works for a university job um, training center, so she came in and taught how to write a resume and a cover letter to the staff members. Um, And we have staff who are welders who come and do things, so we try to get staff to come back to do specific tasks. And that is actually something we found to be really important for alumni, um, to have a role when they come to camp, when we invite them back. Um, It's great to say, come back to camp, you're welcome, you're welcome, Um, and it's true. But it can be disconcerting to come to camp as an alumni to not have a role, because you're used to being the counselor, the programmer, um, you're used to doing something at camp. And when you just come at camp and you're watching everybody else do things, it can be hard to find your place. Uh, We want alumni to come back to experience in camp in the summertime, um, but also that they have um, a role, an important role that they're playing, chaplain, a nurse, staff training, um, sitting on our board, helping interview, um, any of those sorts of things, but that they have a real reason and that we're really grateful for their expertise and inviting them to come back and to be a part of that. Um, And so we're going to keep working on that and involving our alumni in that way.
1: That's awesome.
4: Do you mind if I step in again there? Trish? Yeah, please. I was Maybe just going to ask else. if
1: anyone has to jump stuff to... Yes, um, go.
4: Perfect. Great. <laughs> um, just the, on the idea of having staff or alumni come back and with for a, a purpose, um, our our alumni committee has also been working with Chantal and I as, as the co-directors um, to fit in a time at the beginning of our staff training that we call the legacy panel. And we invite specific staff to come back. We try to get a fairly wide range in terms of years that they worked on staff um, or or campers. I think we've only had staff at this point. Um, But um, we have them come and just sit in front of our staff and we have the staff um, brainstorm some questions that they'd like to ask. And so they get into groups and come up with their questions and then we just open it up and the staff can ask the alumni whatever they would like. And uh, we've done it for a couple of years now and it's um, grown into a place that's really cool. Uh, the staff come up with re- really excellent questions to ask them and they're sometimes related to camp. Um, so one of the questions that, that I think gets asked every year is when do you know that it's your time to leave? Because I think mm-hmm. that's a thing that, that staff, especially senior staff who've been there for a long time, are really scared of. Um, like they, they love camp and they don't know when when to balance coming back to camp with when should I try and find a job in my field or whatever that I'd like to work in Um, and Sometimes they ask questions about uh, just the working world, what it's like out there, how what they've learned at camp has affected their lives. Um, And that has been a really awesome part of our leadership training and also gets our alumni back then and gets them talking and involved. And then they can stay for dinner and hang out with our staff a bit and just see what the staff of that year are like and what's going on. Um, So uh, something that... That's very cool that, that I'm very excited to continue working with um, in our in our programming.
0: Can I just add something that to
1: Travis? That's a cool idea. Go, Teresa. <laughs> I, <laughs> I
0: was think- just going to say, I, I think that's a great idea. Um, but one of the things, um, not a but, but just something that I've also um, had to learn uh, in working with alumni is that alumni come with a lot of ideas and opinions as well. Mm. So <laughs> when you're inviting alumni to come back, you have to be prepared to take the time and the energy to spend with them as well, yeah. um, because they might not like some of the changes at camp, or they might need more interpretation about why some things have changed. And so you just have to be really prepared for that. If you are welcoming people back and you mean it, you have to really also listen to them and what they have to say about why camp is important and how. They see
1: the future of the camp. Yeah, Joe, were you going to say something too?
3: No, I was just going to say that's a great idea. Getting getting staff, previous staff, and and campers involved in um, in staff training is a really valuable tool. Um, we also do it with uh, we um, for camper alumni. We do some small we do some radio advertising locally in in this region. and we last year, I decided I wasn't going to be the voice on the radio. We actually got previous campers um, to to just come in and talk about their experience at camp. And so I introduced it um, at some I recorded a bit that introduced it, but then it was them sharing their experience about camp in a in a thirty second spot. And the parents and the staff and alumni who heard those things on the radio thought it was amazing because it's it's just it gets to the heart of what we do. Um, and as for, as Teresa said, yeah, when when alumni come back, they can be um, very particular about the way they remember things and why why has it changed. Um, and and trust me, we have uh, we have experience this when you when you go into a multi-million dollar fundraising campaign that has a a very specific look and feel of how you're going to change the way camp is tearing down barns and putting up new buildings and doing these things you you hear a lot from alumni and um... i think what saves you time and time again is is that is this in the best interest of our campers right it's that question that that we need to relate back to. And so when alumni bring us, bring us ideas or don't want change for change's sake, they're, you know, the question we need to ask as directors is, is this in the best interest of, of the campers? And, and oftentimes our alumni buy into our changes once we explain how this will value and, and make sure that our program's here for many years to come so thousands of more campers can come through the program.
1: No, that's correct.
3: Anybody have any closing thoughts
1: on on the building relationship with alumni? All right. Well, thank you all very much for a great discussion and some awesome ideas. I really appreciate how open you are to sharing them. Uh, at this point then, we will move to our Tool of the Week.
2: Tool of the Week.
1: <laughs> For those of you watching on YouTube for the first time or listening for the first time, our Tool of the Week is something that each of our panelists brings that helps them be a better camp director. And so everybody has brought a number of different ones. Today, you're going to see what they are. Uh, Gab, I wonder if you would start with your tool, please.
2: Yeah. Um, my Tool of the Week is the – I already showed this to Travis because I was too excited. Uh, my Tool of the Week is my, my Christmas present to myself. Um, which is the canon g16 parachute and uh, the reason why i chose this as a tool of the week um, is because it has a wi-fi option where you can take a picture and upload it onto your um, computer or your cell phone and um, which i think is awesome for social media during the summertime when you don't have time to Um, I know this sounds weird for people that are not camp directors, but people that are (laughs) camp directors get it. When you're like, you don't have Mm -hmm. time to take the card out and put it into your computer. Um, And (laughs) you don't have time to do that. (laughs) So somebody that's, that's not a camp director would be like, what's the difference? This is amazing. So you just walk into your office, you press a button and boom, it's on your computer. It's on Facebook. Um, So uh, for me, I've been, I've been using it, practicing with it. um, And I've been uh, carrying this around, Uh, with me all the time which is obviously the difference between a a dslr that has a big lens um and i try to carry that around camp but it it is restrictive um the other thing about this camera which is really really cool is that um unlike point and shoot cameras where you can't adjust the settings too much this has like full adjust capabilities so you can play with your iso you can play with a whole bunch of other buttons um, but if you don't like playing with those buttons, it has a beautiful automatic lineup and great video. So I, I shared a link. There's a deal that's going for another, I think, 15 days. So maybe if the, if the podca- podcast is up before then, yep. um deals like $420, which is a really good deal for this camera. Um, so basically for the Wi-Fi and for the amazing video and photo stuff, I think it's a great purchase. Right on. There we go.
1: Thanks, Cub. No problem. Teresa, what's your tool?
0: Uh, my tool is a book called uh, Switch by Chip and Dan Heath. Um, and the subtitle is How to Change Things When Change is Hard. Uh, so it's a really readable book. Um, my, the person I direct with is my husband, and he has an MBA. And so I'm always struggling to keep up with him in business matters. Um, and so this is a really great book um, that sort of helps... Um, Get some of that behavioral stuff about why people don't like to change and what helps them to change, and different ways and avenues in which you can help um, your organization and yourself to change as well. Uh, so, I highly recommend it, really readable. I was um, supposed to be taking a trip and I was three quarters done, and I took this um, hardcover book on the airplane because I wanted <laughs> to finish it uh, the last quarter. So, it was that good.
1: That's awesome. It is a great book, good pick.
3: Joe, what's yours? My pick is also a book. Um uh, a book called The Generosity Network. And it is there's a link through um, in the notes. Uh, so The Generosity Network is New Transformational Tools for Successful Fundraising. So um, I have been on a, I'm still on a three-month sabbatical, which is uh, part of some church policy that I took advantage of. Um, and uh, I toured Australia, and that was part one of my educational component. Um, part two is doing some reading on fundraising, because when I go back to work, our summer camp director has taken over a lot of my camp duties, and so half of my time is is going to be focused on, on fundraising um, millions of dollars over the next little bit. And so this book is awesome. It talks about the change in the way we view donors and the change in in the way we need to engage those donors. Um, and and get them involved. And I sat in on a before I left for Australia, um, I sat in on a, a web a webinar about the book, and uh, it's it's very valuable um, and very easy to read. Only ten chapters, and um, and goes through lots of stuff. So that is the Generosity Network by Jennifer McRae and Jeffrey Walker.
1: Beauty. That sounds like it'd be helpful for a lot of camps. Yeah. Yeah. Rebecca, what's your tool? Uh,
4: my tool this week is PicMonkey, um, which has already been done before, but I have a, it has a new feature that I wanted to talk about. Um, so I use PicMonkey a lot, especially when I'm doing our camp newsletters, just to crop photos smaller um, and add fun filters and different things like that. So it's very user friendly, super easy to use, really great. Um, you can pay for it if you want lots of fancy stuff. I use the free version and it definitely meets all of my needs. Um, but uh, the, the part that I like most about PicMonkey now is that if you have stuff that's on Dropbox, uh, which again, when you're working a camp and you have, at least for us, we have a social media director and I have a co director, and uh, we have different people doing different jobs throughout the weeks. Um, so we tend to now just throw all of our photos onto Dropbox. And you can now access all those photos through PicMonkey. So when I say that I'd like to get a photo, it says, would you like to upload it from your computer or get it from Dropbox? And then I can get it directly from Dropbox instead of plugging in my external hard drive or plugging in, the, like like Gab is saying, getting that camera out and plugging it in to get all the photos onto my computer. They're already there. They've already been going there all summer. Um, So when I need to access them, um, and edit them on PicMonkey, it's all right there. So that's, uh, that's the tool that I enjoy using the most these days.
1: Oh, that's great. And kind of you to mention um, Gab's previous pick and expand on it. But also Dropbox is a previous tool of the week too. Um, it's been recommended a number of times. And, and I would find it hard to do business in the modern world. Certainly do my job without Dropbox. It's mm-hmm. so helpful. Um, great pick, Pelle. Thank you. Um so that leaves, that's everybody then. Mine is the last pick. Um it's nice with a, a panel this size. I, I'm glad that in the discussion I can sort of be the facilitator and, and bring you the uh the thoughts of those who are more actively involved in camp. Um but I do have something to jump in with here that is something I started using when I was camp director and have kept using and have been so grateful for this winter. Um It is the Carhartt duck bib overalls that are quilted and lined. So they're the warmest snow pants I've ever had. Um, I probably wouldn't wear them on a ski hill for fear of looking like a farmer on the ski hill. Um, (laughs) But for every other place where I'm outside and need to be warm, I use it. So I use them all the time for blowing snow and taking the dog for a walk. Um, I use them at camp because they don't get wet through. That um, canvas duct material repels water. And so, if you're on your knees working on, it's for me, be working on plumbing or working on the tractor or something at camp, um, I'd put those on because they'd keep me warm all day and uh, wouldn't get wet through. So, highly recommend it. Um, it's one of those things that's expensive to buy, be 80 or 90 bucks, maybe a bit more, um, but that you buy once in your life and then have forever and uh mine are just getting more and more comfortable every time i put them on so um we'll give you a link to that and all the other tools of the week in the show notes um which reminds me if you're if you're watching this on youtube we'd appreciate it if you click the subscribe button down below and also um uh, click the like button if there's anything you heard you can leave us your comments there Uh, if you are listening then we hope that you will encourage others to subscribe to this podcast using stitcher or itunes Um, but please do go to cap slash podcast and find the show notes where you can find the links to these tools and also to our hosts and where you can get in touch with them or connect with them uh, I want to thank you all for being on the show and uh, give each of you a chance to let people know where they can reach out to if you have follow-up questions or just follow the work that you do in camp. Uh, Joe, where's the best place to follow you these days?
3: Best place to follow me is at com. That links to all of my various social media. Um, I'm tending to post there a bit more right now. Um, and you can also... Uh, follow what I do there. So that is the best place to follow me. And then uh, for Pierce Williams, you can go to campisbetter.com. Life is good. Camp is better. Fantastic. Thanks, Joe, for being on the show.
1: <laughs> good nod. for the- Joe gave us a big nod for those of you listening in and not watching the video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Rebecca, how can people get in touch with you or follow what you do?
4: Um, yeah. So for myself personally, I, I am on Twitter at Rebecca Jess, all one word. And, um, with our camps, you can find us at ilovecamp.org. Um, and that gives you a link to all of our camp programs and our camps also all over social media as well. So we're at Karen Camps, Um, on Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and Instagram and all those sorts of things too. So you can find us on all of those.
1: Great. Well, thanks so much for being on the show, pal. I appreciate it.
4: No problem. My pleasure.
1: It's great to have you back. Uh, Teresa, is there a way people can get in touch with you or follow the work you're doing at Kintail?
4: Uh,
0: Best place is our website, campkintail.ca. And you can also find us on social media as well.
1: Right on. Thanks Teresa for being on. No problem. It was awesome. Uh, Gab, where can people yeah. follow you?
2: Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at GabrielleRail, or you can check it where I work at waro.com.
1: That's great. Thanks yeah. for being on the show, Gab.
2: Yeah, no problem.
1: Right on. And uh, thank you very much, all of you, for watching. Please do check out the show notes, again, at camphacker.tv slash podcast. Thanks for the evening, friends.
0: The Camp Hacker Podcast is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening.
1: Building great camp community at camphacker.org.